Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ culture and the church. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Stephen. Good morning. And Laura. Hey, everybody. Hey, we're so glad to have you to join us today as we are considering what it means to set healthy boundaries. So we hope you'll stick with us for the full discussion ahead. Guys, we're talking about an important topic today, talking about setting healthy boundaries. I don't know. Is this something you guys struggle with? Do we feel like we're winning in this category? How, do, how does everybody feel on this before we even discuss uh, the podcast today? I for sure struggle with this. You struggle with this. Okay. okay. Definitely. I definitely struggle. <laughs> it's probably something that I think all of us struggle with to some degree or another. I, I, I do think we live in a society today that is so fast paced and specifically in more parts of the Western world. I, that was something that really surprised me. I remember when I uh, was overseas um, about two years back and, and I knew that the, you know, the concept of time was different mm-hmm. there, but I, I don't think I was as prepared for just how much a difference like much of the world views time than than the western part i mean because both of you have spent time overseas and i know laura you've Mm -hmm. spent more time than probably any of us so like how was that for you like being in in countries where you know time was so different and then finding your way back here in the states like well it's kind of uh, for me it was learning what motivates that particular culture so for us like industry, accomplishing things, to-do lists, progress, efficiency, we value those things super, like really highly as a culture. And then other cultures have different values. So when we lived overseas, the country that we lived in valued relationships. So um, you would be late to something for hours, like hours late to something because you would stop and you'd spend time with the person that you ran into because that mattered more than the engagement you were going to. So it was hard for us because at first you're like, well, that's sweet. That's really nice. And then then you're like, but it's been three hours and they're not here. (laughs) So it was an adjustment for us. But in the long run, you do kind of learn that just different places value different things. Yeah, and I think we'll be talking about that some on the podcast, uh, talking about values today. What about you? Yeah, I just have found it interesting how consumed we are in our Western culture with constantly – with we never have enough time to do what we want to do. <laughs> so there has to be an issue there because other cultures and other generations for <laughs> hundreds and thousands of years have been able to get done what they want to do. And <laughs> I'm sure that they felt some of that, but our generation seems to be facing that like extreme in extreme amounts. And I mean, I, I know talking like with teenagers, it's like, we'll talk about just like basic things in their lives. And it's like, Hey, how have you been doing with fill in the blank? You know, and it's like, well, I didn't have time, you know? And it's like, okay, well, did you truly not have time? Or are you not setting boundaries and prioritizing your life correctly to where you do have time? And so I think that like our priorities can get all out of whack and that affects um, everything else um, around us. I did find it interesting as I was looking at some things for this episode. Did you guys know that there's uh, a renovation, a home renovation company in Tokyo that has been allowing their employees to n- take naps during the workday to increase productivity. You know, I approve. <laughs> I have not heard of that, but actually I knew, uh, I think Google does that, don't yeah, they? I, I can't remember I if Google, Google started it or don't, not. Aren't they the they ones with have. like the napping pods? They might have. People they have in napping work. pods? I'm, I'm serious about this. Let's they, look this up. With, I'm in interested Google, now. I think they have these things called like napping pods or I, maybe they're like think tanks. I don't know what they are, but like, 
I'm There's going a name with napping pot. <laughs> napping pot sounds so <laughs> much more so professional. Great. But like they are. There's these things around like Google where I think it's like a 30 minute time thing where you can like go in and like take a nap and it's they they pay you because they know that you're going to be more productive. Yeah, they're shaped they pay like you to they're take like a little nap? egg shaped things. They're right? shaped like pack dots on Pac Man. Okay, yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're called nap pods. Nap pods. And they're available. You're right. This is the, according to this um, <laughs> this report. It says they're available to employees looking for a private place to snooze. Yeah, so wait, they don't have to clock out to snooze. No, they don't clock out. This is paid by. This is paid time. Well, I rest. approve Google. So <laughs> that shows okay. you though, though, that some no. companies see the need like a for, value for rest, rest. Mm. or also for increasing productivity. So they set healthy boundaries for their employees yeah. to make sure that they're being productive. So boundaries is important, and I think it's probably a very hot topic today in our world that we live in with the amount of stress and time mm. that we are not good at managing. Well, people are living such hectic lives. People are overextended today. They're overburdened. They're just completely stressed out, you know, and I think you're right, Stephen. A lot of times, like people feel like they don't have enough time to get everything done. Uh, you know, I want to ask you guys a question that's made me kind of think about this as I've kind of, you know, the experiences that I've had in different places of the world. And, and specifically, I guess, and it's not all places, but at least in the places that I've been, there seems to be a higher quality of life in America, yet there there seems to also be like more stress in America than in any other place. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, do you feel like a person's quality of life, like having more things and then more things to manage actually ends up, you know, it, it's <laughs> well, a promise that like, hey, this will make your life easier. I Because I kind of remember like when cell phones were coming out and they were like a real big thing, you know, and, and especially it's like smartphones. It was like, oh, this is going to simplify and make your life simpler. But but I actually wonder, like, has it not done the reverse? Like, well, has it actually created more <laughs> things for us to keep up with and more things for us to manage? I mean, I think that you could look at any culture and find their weak spots, but like it is interesting define quality of life, right? <laughs> so like, yes, our tangible physical quality of lives are better financially. The Western world has a better quality of life. But I mean, if you look up statistics on like mental health and like things like that and statistics on depression and stress and like all that things, it seems like the Western world is absolutely falling apart from the inside out. So we have an increase in resources, but like a digression in our mental health. Mm. And family life. Like, mm. I mean, look at the relations, like just, just go out and watch people. <laughs> I mean, like you don't even have to do like a Google survey, go to a mall and sit on a park bench and, or a bench there and just watch people walk by and you'll see like family relationships are like absolutely falling apart in our culture. <laughs> like you just watch how parents interact with kids, how kids interact with their parents and you can say, well, yeah, like it's not connected back to all the stuff that we have. It's not connected back to all this. It's not connected to that. But at some point you have to look and say, well, there is not, there has to be some lack of boundaries or some lack of something there to create this like digression in relationships and mental health and like all these things. Right. Yeah. Cause you look at how our society today tends to try and fix that problem. Like, right. We, we try to fix the issue of having so many things to do and actually 
I wouldn't say this is everywhere, but oftentimes it's like presented in the way like, oh, well, if you fix these one, two, three things, like if you just buy this, if you just do this, if you just implement this into your life, oh, now all your hecticness will somehow diminish. You know, it's like the whole nostalgia of like buying a new planner first of the year, you know, and, and everyone, it's just like, and I've done that. You, you, you get what sure I'm saying though? That. Like, yeah. it's like, if I just buy the leather planner, you know, with and the, then I walk the, out of the store, <laughs> like now I'm not going to be stressed. <laughs> yeah. Everything will be fine. I'm in control. And, and it's a sure, pull to control. Sure, but it doesn't work that way, no. does it? I mean, because all of us know what it's like, like three weeks into January to crush and burn and to have our, you know, our planners not like Usually take I'm us not where we thought out. they were going. Normally I'm not. I've given up on the planner after a few months. <laughs> so let's just kind of segue here and talk a little bit today about what it looks like to really set healthy boundaries. And where does that, I guess, where does that begin? Because I think before it begins with the pragmatistic kind of let's implement one or two things, there's actually something far more deeper. Uh, that we have to uh, identify. I think it. I think it really begins, and you guys might speak to this differently. But for me, I think it really begins when a person realizes that they need to begin scheduling their values, mm. like scheduling. Like you kind of alluded it to it in the, you know, the example of being overseas. Like the value systems of the United States and other places are completely different, and we value different things. And I think what we value in turn you know, reflects how we're going to schedule our time and what we're going to do. So what do you guys think about that in terms of scheduling values? Well, sometimes like scheduling values, meaning, do you mean like putting a, expound on that a little yeah, bit? So how like, do, okay, what does well, that mean yeah. to you like so, in your everyday life? Yeah. So I think for me, like something that I did earlier this year that I was encouraged to do, and I had never even considered it before. But it was like, you know, oftentimes when we look at our week, we, we want to plan our week based off of what we know we have to do. So we already begin with tasks. We already begin with, you know, objectives. And we say, okay, well, I got all these objectives. I got to figure all, all these objectives into my time. But, 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 but that's actually really a backwards way of doing it because rather we should stop and consider, well, what do I value? What, 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 what is important to me? And, and one way that I, I actually earlier part of this year that I kind of did this in my own life was um, I had someone encourage me to think through all the roles that God has given me in life. And, you know, we often don't start there in our schedules, but I started just like writing down a list of, of the roles that God had given me. You know, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a husband to Jessica. I'm a father to Ashlyn. Uh, I'm a son. I, I, I'm a brother. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor here. I, I, I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm a senior pastor, right? That's part of my role. So there's there's things within that role. I, I'm, I'm a best friend. I'm a disciple maker. Like I began to write down all of these roles that God had given me. And then off to the side, I started thinking about, okay, well, well what is it that I value in that? And what is it, what is it that I want to you know, to really achieve, I guess, if I, I could think about it that way in each one of those spheres. And I, what, what I realize is that each of those roles has a way of shaping what a person values. So that's what I guess I'm saying is like, we often start with just our busyness of life and what I got to figure out rather than starting at the bigger picture and like maybe a deeper perspective of saying, well, what am, what am I valuing? What I hear in each of those roles that you listed out in your life it are our relationships, mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So when you flip it that way and you look at your values, everything you listed as something that God has put in your life as your role, it's connected to other people. And I think that's countercultural for us in America. I mean, do you guys think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, our, our lists of to-dos now and our schedules are all about what is there to do tasks. So we have task management systems. Literally, companies are like... <laughs> 
amazing companies that are making a lot of money just by helping people manage their tasks. And so we've become so task oriented that we've forgotten that without people, tasks are very empty. And so we have to focus on the people behind the task in order for the task to actually make sense and mean something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something personally I've been working on over the past year is trying to get back to more of a relational um, style of scheduling. And it's similar to what you all are saying. It's like looking at my like beliefs and desires and values and then coming off of those and saying, okay, if I believe this, then I need to schedule this way. Right? So if, if I believe I'm supposed to be the best husband, um, possible to Emily, then Emily needs to get my attention and she needs to be able to get my attention from anything on my schedule if needed. Right. And then just like working down the line like that. And, um, that's been super helpful and, um, it's been super helpful to trying to get away from the tasks of school and work and think more about how do I, how do I become a better student, right? How do Mm. I interact better as a person with people instead of just doing little things here and there? No, that's good because, um, a, a book that I read actually earlier this year, uh, Henry Cloud and John Townsend, they wrote a book called Boundaries. And in it, they make this statement. They said, any confusion of responsibility and ownership in our lives is a problem of boundaries. Hmm. And so what they're doing is they're helping root like the the boundary problem in our life, showing that that's, that's actually more of an ownership problem, a responsibility problem. And you think about, you know, biblically in, in the Garden of Eden, God created man in his image. And he gives Adam and Eve this responsibility. Like they're they're given the responsibility to rule, to exercise the dominion, to take ownership of of really the world that God has put them as representatives of. And so, you know, I think that's just so important. Like when you think about that, that that work is a biblical thing. People often want to push back and be like, oh, well, you know, but no, but God ordained that. Like that is something that God would have for mankind to take responsibility in. And so I really have to know, well, in order to say, well, what is my job? I got to know what my roles are, like what, what, what it is that I've been given to do. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And I think really like what, what Solomon is getting at in that verse is he's talking about like, you know, our, our heart, our, our seat of our, our emotions, our values, like all of that, like that is what all of our life is you know, flows out of that. And so if, if we really don't set good boundaries, even within our private life, right? Like within our own soul, like how are we able then to do that with the rest of the issues of life? So let's just kind of talk about this way. You know, we, I think to set healthy boundaries, we, we kind of begin by, you know, first scheduling our values, really determining our values. And then I think secondly, to consider the gift of life that we've been given, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about time, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, literally, it talks about how we need to be redeeming the time because the days are evil. So basically, this idea of you've been given an allotted amount of time, and you're the Bible keeps picturing people as stewards. I think that's important. Jesus mm-hmm. did it in parables. You see it like yeah. popping up all over Scripture of like you've been given this, so you're not in control essentially of your time, right? Because you're not the owner of it. God you're is the one who it. is going to take you out of this world. He's the one who puts you into this world, but you've been given it. 
and you are to be a good steward of it. And so are you redeeming it? Are you taking right. it back and using it in a way that's going to honor him? Mm-hmm. Or are you just kind of not stewarding it and you're allowing it to steward you? Yeah, it's good. Cause you mentioned Ephesians five, don't be unwise, but make the best use of our time because the days are evil. I think Matthew 25, you see that whole parable of Jesus and the talents and those three servants, and you, you, you can take time to read Matthew 25, but, but what you have to come away with is that God's made an investment in each one of us. And I, I think the whole passage is, is illustrating and really underscoring for each one of us that, that, that God has given us a responsibility and he's given us something in our life to steward. And, and, and every one of us have been given gifts and talents and time and ability but we all have been called to steward those things. Like I'm not the manager. I'm not the owner of those things. They're not ultimately mine. There's something that I manage and I, and I have an accountability for what he has given. And so in realizing that I have an accountability to something should show me that, Hey, I need to take some responsibility in how I'm, you know, establishing values in my life. What do you think about that, Laura? I, don't, I just keep thinking you all these verses are 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 really great but the one that keep I keep hearing in my head is from Psalm 31 my times are in your hands I think sometimes I think my life and my schedule um, belong to me but really my times are in his hands and um, I don't know it's neat I like the way you said that that God has put an investment he's invested in us yeah I mean people are I mean think about it this way people are God's greatest investment in the mm-hmm. sense of you know what what out of all creation i mean that was the crowning piece of god's creation and then you think about all the responsibility and the stewardship that he gives them and so you know our life is is not all about us it's it's about thinking forward to that moment where we're all going to stand before christ the bible says in second corinthians 5 that each one will receive what is due him for the things done in the body whether good or evil so you know uh, I'll say this, my, uh, often my granddad will make this statement, and I know it's not original with him, but I can't really trace back like where it came from, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll just you know give credit to him because that's who says it to me the most often, but he says it like this. He says, you know, what I'm doing today must be important because I'm trading a day of my life for it. Hmm. And like when you put the weight of it on that, you're like, well, then I better be doing something important because I am. I'm exchanging an entire day of my life for it. So. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we need to begin by considering with the Bible, where the Bible begins, what, what, are, what are the values that we should uh, embrace? We need to consider and really recognize this gift of time that God's given us. And then thirdly, I think we need to just really recognize our limitations. I, I don't think we, we take maybe enough credit to do this in our American culture today. What do you guys think? I mean, because as soon as we say limitations, people don't like that word. No. We can do anything, remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it's kind of coming to a point where we notice that we're just human. And I, I remember talking to one of our um, church members actually just the other day, and they were basically like, hey, I have just like set myself up for disaster this fall. And they begin to tell me like every role oh, no. that they are like, they are either a part of in their personal life and their church life and like all these things. And I'm just like, wow, you did take on a lot here, didn't you? And um, I think sometimes our desire to do good outweighs our knowledge of our limits and boundaries. And so it starts as a great thing, which, hey, wanting to do good and wanting to help out is a great thing. <laughs> like, if you find yourself in that position, that means that you probably at least are someone who has like a decent helping heart and a servant's heart, and that that's great. 
But um, a servant's heart doesn't mean that you can be an unhealthy servant and then that's just going to turn out well for you, you know? So like you need to be able to look at your life and then you need to be able to say, okay, based on like my time, my relationships, values, like all those things, I've worked off of that. Now when I'm looking at my schedule, if I've started scheduling like that, I should be able to see where my limits are better. Mm. Because if I have a value that's holding me to it, if I'm scheduling to a value. Which is like anchoring you to that on your schedule. There's a limit over here. So like if I have to be a good husband. There's only so much time in that. Yeah. If I have to be a good husband, that's going to put a limit on some of my work life because I'm going to have to come away from that to be a good husband. It's going to put a limit on some of my school life because I'm going to have to come away. You know? So like if we schedule our values, that's instantly going to help with us knowing our limits better. So we would you say then that the bottom line here is that healthy stewardship begins with recognizing our personal limitations? Oh, exactly. Being humble yeah. enough to, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't that's want, true. And that's something I've struggled with is like always saying yes. Well, you can't always say yes. You have to be willing to say no. Exactly. We, and, and you have to yeah. know what to say no to, right? Yeah, so the question is this. Do you guys have a don't list? Oh, like I want, what do you mean? Like I won't, I, I won't for list sure or will I say no to list? this. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we always have a to-do list, like mm-hmm. the, the yes list that we constantly add things to. Oh, I'm but learning do you have something a here. List? I don't, I need a don't list, guys. Do you need a don't list? Do you have, yeah, I guess you do. Steven, do you I, have a don't list? I don't actually. My don't list is like based on at the moment. I decided if it's yeah, a me do too. or a don't. But do you, Aaron, do you actually have like a, at least a it's mental list? Now, but but like a mental list yeah. of no, I'm for sure yeah. going to say no to that or, yeah. okay, well that seems healthy. Because like uh, here's the thing. If, if you, if you constantly like, I'll just say this, like I'm one of those like type A kind of personalities. that's like a go getter and I'll want to get involved in anything. And before I know it, like if, if I'm not careful, I'll overextend myself in my own personal life uh, to where and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, keep all the plates spinning. And I realized, you know, a couple years ago, and it's just something I feel like I'm constantly having to like come back to is realizing that not just because I can do this doesn't mean I should do this. You know, and, and we often when we think about our schedules, we're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Sure, I can. You know, and before long, we're just piling things on realizing, well, should I do this? And and asking that should question forces me to go back to my values and really ask the question, you know, like, is this really my, you know, is once someone has said it this way, is it my best? Yes. Is, is this the, mm-hmm. is this the best thing that I can do? I, I think Jim Collins, he has a good way of saying it. He says it this way. He says, truth be told the greatest society. He says, truth be told in this great society of abundance, that is the modern world. Most people will wake up at the end of their lives and need to look back and accept except the horrifying truth that they did not have a great life because, Oh, it is so easy to settle for a good life. Good is the enemy of great. Mm. So what do you guys think about that? Mm. Good is the enemy of great. I think which brings me back to like the don't list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I tend to say yes to a lot of good things without really thinking through what would be the best thing for, for me or my, or like weighing out my values. Like you said, I keep wanting to ask this question. Um, are you guys people pleasers by nature? Yes. Is that because <laughs> yes. I, yes. I am? I think all I think, three of us I at the table are very driven. Is actually, yeah, I've met a couple people where they the, I, very rarely I meet someone who like seems to genuinely not really care what other care. people think. And yeah. I always sit there and think, I think I want to be like that. But I mean, you know, like well, it, but, I think but even not, if people act they like they say don't, that, I think at the there's root of someone it, that is, they care yeah, about. There's something they think. about people that, you know, we, 
our, our, our human nature, right. And our fallen nature is bent towards needing the approval of others. And I think some some of us want that more than others. Right. Right. And I think what happens there for me is that when I'm worried, when someone comes to me and they want me to do something rather than, um, taking like into account what my personal values are, I'm, I'm looking at their values. Right. Like when they come to me with this, I'm like, oh, well, they've listed out why this is so important to them and why I should help them. And so my initial response could be to help them, but it's really based on that person's personal values rather right. than my own. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just think about Christ. Like I keep, when I, when I think about that whole question you asked, I, I think about Jesus because you find Jesus constantly living his life with his values completely in line. You know, and, and, and on a number of occasions, you know, they tried to find Jesus or Jesus would say, hey, it's time to move on. And the disciples would be like, wait, wait a minute, this is great ministry. Things are happening right here. Like, we're about to open up a bookstore. You know, it's like, right. it's getting this good. Like, and, and, and Jesus is like, nope, we're heading on to the next place. And I think it's because he, he, he really, I mean, as the God man, he totally understood uh, what it meant to live life according to the right values and, and to what, it was that he had been called to do. So when you look at the life of Christ, yeah. what do you see as his highest value? I th- well, he's in the Father. His abiding. I think it's <laughs> yeah. his prayer, his prayer okay. life, yeah. his abiding life. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's important for us to think through that because we look at the life of Christ and we say that his values were in order, but his his highest value should be my highest value. It's good. Yeah, it's good. That is good. I'll, I'll recommend a book that I'm reading through right now, uh, kind of talking about the pleasing people thing. It's called Pleasing People uh, by Lou Priolo, but it's a um, it's a really really good book. The part that I've read so far, and uh, it was recommended to, to me by someone that I trust, so I'm willing to recommend it. <laughs> but I've read um, it. I, I would yeah. give it. I would give it a yeah, stellar yeah, yeah. recommendation. Great, great book. Great book. So if you far. want a convicting book, it'll. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's one of those. <laughs> I got convicted in like the first two pages, it and I was a, like, "Oh man!" It has a survey on it where it asks like how much you have to fill in all these questions yes. to determine how much of a people pleaser are you. And I remember oh. one uh, one year in. Uh, as a counselor for summer camp, we made all, they made all the staff go through that book. And I remember like when we were like talking about it after everybody did their survey, like there wasn't one person that didn't score people pleaser. Okay. Like everybody hit it. <laughs> and just some people were off the charts more than others, but it is, it is such a great book. Cause he really like Stephen mm-hmm. saying, he's dialing in to a person's motivation. Yeah. It's really solid. And the person who actually recommended it to me, um, I was talking to them about, Uh, setting boundaries. And it was really helpful when I talked to them because they brought up the fact of they asked me, are you a people pleaser? And I was like, yeah. And so I kept talking to them about um, how, well, how do then do you set some boundaries? Because they had struggled with being a people pleaser and they were, they're a pastor up in Northern Virginia. And so I just asked them and they were like, well, here's one way of knowing that you're succeeding. Whenever you get pushback from people, you know that you're <laughs> succeeding. And that's a different way of thinking about it because generally we're like, oh, I'm getting pushed back. I need to fix something. And he was like, no, if you start setting healthy boundaries and you start stewarding your schedule and not letting it steward you, you will have people who give you pushback. And he was like, that means that you're actually doing something right because you can't be the role of God in their life. So like they can't always (laughs) expect you to drop everything you're doing and be there for them in their life. And that was so helpful to me because I know some of us are like, well, you know, like if I ever get pushback, that's just a terrible thing, you know? And it's like, well, it can be, but at times it can be a good thing. And it can show you that you're actually healthily moving forward. And maybe you had an unhealthy role in someone's life and they need to look to the Lord instead of you hmm. um, for their satisfaction. So that was just a helpful thing that um, 
had helped me out recently. That's good. No, tremendous book. Definitely worth uh, the read if you've never read it. So I would just say, you know, the person that's listening right now and they're wanting to give some pushback and they're like, mm, setting healthy boundaries and saying no to things and a don't list. That's, that sounds awfully selfish. You know, like that's kind of what they might say. And I would just say to that, Hey, it's not selfish. It's stewardship. And because, because to say we, we have to say no to people, desires, thoughts, activities, things of that nature that are either harmful for us or, or they're simply not best in order to steward what God, the investment that God's given us. All right. So, so having clearly then understood what we value and we got to, and if you're listening and, and, and as you're listening and thinking about this in your own life, like we need to do that. We need to really take some time to consider our values and then I think in doing that, it really helps us then clearly understand, hey, what are some healthy boundaries? So let me, I, I, it really just kind of begs the question now as we kind of a segue here to the end, what 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 do healthy boundaries look like? I mean, what do they look like? Well, I believe that a healthy boundary, as we've already said, is going to be something that is going to support my belief system. So I think a healthy boundary for you might be a little bit different than a healthy boundary for me. Obviously, we should have some overlap in um, our and uh, just in our Christian lives, right? So boundaries for Christian lives, there should be a little bit of overlap in some of our lives. But I think when we get into our practical work life and things and things like that, I think boundaries can look a little bit different. I, I read a um, article from Forbes and they referenced a um, a book. Uh, David Allen, Getting Things Done. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I'm I want to read it. Right now. Okay, you I can have read it, it when I'm done. I need to get that from you because <laughs> I love what they say here. They say that he has this um, boundary list that he kind of goes through with things that come at him from every direction. And the way that he does it is he'll look at, th- and for him it's tasks, right? But I think this can be applied into the way that we've talked about setting boundaries. He has this four kind of four buckets that he puts things in. And he has a bucket that is do it. So I have to be the one doing it and I'm going to get it done. So if it's a relationship, I'm going to be all in, in that relationship and I'm going to go full bore. If it's a task that supports a relationship, I'm going to do it. And then he has a, um, defer it bucket. So I'm going to put it off for a little while until I have time. And so for me right now, that that's so helpful to me because as a person who's working and school, you've, you've been there before Aaron and you've been there before too. We all know what that's kind of like when you're in that school mentality and you're working in school and then you add marriage into it. There are some things that you have to defer. And there's even some relationships where I've had to be super bluntly honest with some of my friends and be like, Hey, look, I'm in school. I love you as a person. I want to be there for you, but you're going to have to give me some time and I have to have some time. And it's having that straightforward conversation with them and letting them know ahead of time so that there's not hurt feelings later. And then he has a delegated bucket. Like I can't do it, but somebody else can, and it needs to get done. And so we hand it off and then he has a drop it bucket. Like mm. I'm literally taking this out of my schedule and it is not coming back. I'm not deferring it. I'm not delegating it. I'm not doing it. It's just getting dropped. And that was so helpful to me because even in the realm of like relationships and stuff, there are things in life where uh, one relationship needs to happen now. One relationship might might need to be put off for a little bit. It might need to be delegated to somebody else, right? So I might not be able to mentor somebody, but somebody else can. And then some relationships might just not be healthy for me and they just need to be dropped, you know, for a time. And that was super helpful for me reading through that and kind of looking at my life and how I set boundaries and thinking of it in kind of in buckets like that of how am I going to address the things that comes yeah, to those me. Are good. What, so what are the four buckets again that he um, lists? Do it. Yeah. Defer it. Yeah. Delegate it. 
and drop it. That's good. That's good. So that would make be something helpful to think it's a through. Liberating framework to look at your life yes. through. Yes, and that's know? David yeah. Allen getting things done as referenced on Forbes. So let's ask this question then. So I guess as we kind of wind down here, we all have boundaries that we need to place in our life. And so how do we then kind of really kind of communicate those boundaries to other people? So I guess the best way to do this is Stephen's actually totally right in all this, that this is, this is really something that each one of us have to work through and each one of us have to, you know, work through ourselves, but maybe we could just kind of go around the table a little bit and maybe start each of you kind of share. Maybe Laura, you could get us started. Maybe like two or three, two or three things that have just really worked well for you as you not only have, you know, set some healthy boundaries, but then in how you've communicated, how you set those boundaries to other people. What, what What's a couple of things that have really just made a big difference for you? As far as just starting off with setting those boundaries in my life, I think one of the things that's important for me is because I'm married to be in communication with my spouse. Mm. You know, it, it we do, there are certain things that are only like, that only relate to me. So, you know, with my, like you were talking about different roles. So, you know, I only have this one particular job or I'm the mom or, you know, some things do only apply to me. But I do think it's important to consider the other people in my house. So my spouse and my kids and um, also communicating, agreeing on those values as a family, I think is important and something that I would really like to explore more with um, just my kids are getting older. So being able to have those conversations about why did we say no to this sport and why did we say yes to doing this and why did we say no to this activity? You know, I think that openly communicating those as a family and also having a set of family, just not just personal values, but family values. Hmm. So that seems um important to me and something that I would like to go further with um, in my life. But then also you said as far as um, also implementing them and communicating them to people outside of my household, sometimes it's really hard. You know, sometimes you'll communicate to somebody, um, you know, no, I can't do this. It's a great idea. I'm really thankful that you asked me. I do think I think the way we communicate our boundaries is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, recognizing the person who's asking as an important person, a person that you know we value and we value their opinion and we value that they're asking and thanking them for asking us to be a part of something. I think I have learned the hard way that the communication of boundaries and how it's done is very important. Hey, yeah, that's good. The good old, good. Um, what is it, the confrontation sandwich or whatever of communication where you walk up to somebody and if you have to have a confrontation or you have to have a setting like that you thank them and compliment you state your concern and then you leave it on a good note right with like either a parting like thank you or whatever so i have recently communicated a boundary to someone that i had to communicate and i still stand by what i what i said the boundary was correct for, for me, it was correct for my family, but the way I communicated it was probably not the best way. And I had to circle back around and apologize for the way I communicated it. Hmm. And so I went back and I said, you know, I, I apologize for communicating. For me, it was communicating it in anger. So huh. the way I communicated this boundary was wrong. Huh. And I said, I still stand by this boundary for our family. I, I, I said that. But I should have done it in a different way. So mm. for me, how I communicate is so important. That's good. That's good. So clear communication in how we yeah. set our boundaries. Stephen, what yeah, about you? I would, I would agree with all of that. 
and this is building off of everything that we've already said, so we're not going to restate all of that. But um, I also think really being able to solidly prioritize things in your life, and that goes back to everything that we've already said, communicating clearly, knowing your roles, knowing your limits, all of that. But once you've built those things into your life, you can then prioritize things. And so for me, um, there's been situations where things will come up and in people's lives, whether it's in the church or people that I have a relationship with. And, um, I would much rather prioritize someone's health or well-being over a quiz I have to take. That is half a percent of my grade Mm -hmm. as a seminary student, you know? And so there's been weeks where I'll get a call at (laughs) whatever time of the night and I need to be taking a quiz, but I'm willing to prioritize this over that, you know? And so it's, it's knowing your priorities and that goes all the way back to scheduling your values. And when you've done that and you've done all that we've talked about and you've communicated clearly, clearly to everyone around you, you can then prioritize so much better because many times we try to prioritize before everything that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to like shoot out these priorities and create like a little triage center for our lives, but we don't really know what we're prioritizing. And, uh, but healthily prioritizing is a very, very, very important way of setting, uh, boundaries. That's good. That's really good. I'll say for me, one, two, two real practical things that I've done earlier this year when I was kind of working through all those, like, what, what is the role that God's given me? And then what does that look like? I realized that I wanted to schedule my values. And so what I did is I put together what I called like my ideal week which I'll just tell you as a pastor never happens <laughs> ever <laughs> like my ideal week never happens. But, but what it did is it, it made me like look at the time in the given week that God had given me and then to consider like the things that I value and making sure that, that those values got on my calendar. And so I, I actually in like, um, what is it? An Apple calendar. You can create multiple calendars. Mm-hmm. So I actually created a, a calendar that I, I don't live in, but it's my ideal week. And very frequently I can just enable that view and I can have it overlay my appointments and just consider, okay, well, am I, am I, am I really pursuing that? Is, is that how I'm, you know, reflecting my time? And that has just really helped me. I think another really personal thing for me, and you know, this is going to be different for every person, but, but for me as a pastor, you know, with every day being very much different and, and never knowing kind of how a day is going to unfold, uh, and, and and also taking aside like the true emergency, like there are true emergencies right. in, in ministry. But I think on average, I've really found that like if, if I carve out my mornings as personal time, as time with the Lord, time to prepare sermons, time to write and do this personal things. And then I and I open up my lunch and on to other people that that for me has really seemed to work really well. And then also like just making sure taking a day off or having some time for rest. And so, um, and I clearly communicate that to the church. I mean, I, I let them know, you know, Fridays are my day off and I don't, and I do things on Fridays. Actually the last three Fridays, I've, I've had things that I've just ministerially had to do, but I, I really do try to guard that day, uh, to take, take that day off and, and to really just focus on, uh, personal stuff and stuff with the family. So I think at the end of the day, we, we, we need to set healthy boundaries because when you, manage your overflow and all these things like you give yourself rest and what you're doing is is you're you're really creating a healthy soul like you're really creating a a healthy soul so that you're able to help uh, minister to other people so so before i leave everybody with a couple good resources that we talked about today uh, any kind of last minute thoughts on this uh, topic of setting boundaries 
Say no. <laughs> learn how to say no and learn how to say yes to the one who's greatest in your life. And that should be God as a Christian. So learn how to say yes to him. And when you do that, you can say no to others. Mm, that's good. That's good. I feel like um, I don't have any great words of wisdom to leave you all with, but I think I've learned some things from this episode. I think I need a don't list. A don't I think list. that's great. Get a don't list. Yeah. That's great. Hey, let me give you four resources that we did kind of uh, mention or talk about today. One was the book called Boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Uh, there's another one that I don't even think we referenced today, but probably had some underlying thoughts uh, of how we talked about some things. Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I read that actually two years ago. One of the greatest books uh, on the subject that I've read. And then the one that I'm in now and Stephen actually referenced called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And then also the book called Pleasing People by Lou, is it Porelli? Priolo. Priolo. And uh, it's a really good book as well. So maybe those would be some helpful resources to kind of help uh, catapult you into further study. And uh, really, the most important thing is the way that you just don't know it, but the way you implement it. And uh, to be able to, to steward your time in a wise way, because the Bible says we need to make the most of our time, redeem the time, because the days are evil. Thank you for listening to Where We Land, Christ, Culture, and the Church. Hey, listen, if there's anything we discussed today on the podcast that you would like to know more about, we would really love to engage with you. You can find us on social media, both on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us on our website at whereweland.org. Hey, if you've not yet taken the time to do so, we'd really love to encourage you, if you've been a faithful listener of Where We Land, that you would take time to go to Apple Podcast. You can't do this through other apps, but only through Apple podcast and to actually go on and rate and review the podcast. This would be a great help to us. And if you've been listening for any length of time and you'd be willing to take a little bit of your time uh, to give us a review, we would really appreciate that. We'll look forward to seeing you here next time. We'll see you then.